Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to the Eighth Note Sessions. I am your first host, Devin Mullen. And I'm your second host, Mike Shamil. And our guest tonight is the incredible, the incomparable Michael Solo Farrow. Local singer. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> What's hey, up, buddy? Mike? Hey, I'm good. How are you so, guys? We're we're good. So we invited you to uh, come on our show tonight and talk about your your musical process. Now a little bit for the folks at home who haven't heard of Michael. Um, he is a veteran songwriter. He's been doing music for most of his life. He has a very uh, strong background with with soul, with R and B. But branches out into genres such as like emo music and pop and funk and he, he pretty much he pretty much does it all now i i know michael from uh my time hosting the open mic at the gypsy parlor and the first time i saw him i was floored by the performance that he gives uh there's uh, yeah. there's really not <laughs> too many too many vocalists in the buffalo area who pack the same raw energy and have the same sort of intellectual thrust to what they're saying. So uh, I, I wanted to talk to you about your your music. What do you got in the works currently? Oh, thank you. That was so nice. That was like the nicest introduction ever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I've been uh, in this isolation thing going on and I've been working on a few songs. Um, not about it because I feel like I'm in the middle of it and writing would be super weird, um, which is odd for me. Um, but I, I'm working on uh, an album that, that I should be out this fall. Um, uh, what are we? Keep uh, keep your cake, eat the rich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a really uh, clever title. Uh, clever. I've heard it. I think I've heard it a lot online in my circles. But um, but yeah, no. It's I, I always I've been trying to write the story of uh, a lot of the activists and progressive movement locally, um, and so. Uh, these are songs that are birthed from those conversations and from those interactions. Oh, I was just going to say, it sounds almost like the start of a folk punk album, but I know you're not a folk <laughs> punk artist. It has some of those moments. It has some of those moments. Like, I swear, if you traded out, like, you know, your, like, you know, your jacket there for, like, a leather jacket for a moment, I wouldn't doubt it one bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, ha I hang out with the, that crowd. They're awesome folks. Like, uh, I, I mean, the worker and the labor and the activist movement um, has always uh, has a strong history in Buffalo. And there's this, like, you know, thread. Um, and so I feel like... Like every revolution needs a soundtrack and so ah, like, so you're providing that I'm soundtrack. providing the soundtrack I mean literally every major transformation in history you have a shift in music so I'm like I'm gonna write my soundtrack for it so so awesome but you're, you're not strictly limited to um political activists and and people who no, sort I of love songs too <laughs> i think um me me and michael were talking about the the sort of circles you run and, and you're also uh friends with a lot of poets and you're part oh, yeah. of yeah uh, so um i hang out with uh a lot of poets in the area um, uh, there's a there's a strong local poetry movement in on Buffalo. We have some internationally ranked poets, and I mean I they inspire me to write um, in a deeper way. 
Um, I think poetry listens to a different kind of, it's a music of its own. Um, and so when I listen to and work with poets, I, I will honestly, like lyrics just drip right out of them. So like sometimes they don't even know, they're just talking and I'm like, and this is a good line. <laughs> um, like, oh, I never thought of it in that perspective. <laughs> like, no, really, because there's this meter, I mean, that in their speaking presence, usually in general, and so there's ways that poets say things that I'm just like, wow, that's great. And then I take that and I stretch it and I form around it. And so, yeah, it's it's really formational to what I do. Sort and of feeding off that eloquence that they have. It's it's a flow. It's it's the listening to the plosives and the the plosives. It's listening to the the soft and the loud of words, and then not just what they sound like, but what there you experience through them and then connecting them all together like that's what i try to do as well like and so it, the more i read and the more i listen to poets i mean some poets just blow my mind and so i just try as hard as i can to reach anywhere near their levels well i mean i, I think that admiration for poets it's it's definitely present in your music i mean certainly in your process um the Music Industry Alliance, it has a monthly singer-songwriter uh, meeting, and Michael will come in with just, you know, like a, a palette of lyric sheets, you know, and they'll just, they'll have all these, you know, these great stories, these great thoughts or, you know, philosophical musings or this, that, and the other, um, but there's this incredible attention to craft. You know, every every word is chosen very carefully, and it's it's great to work with him in that way because he'll be like, all right, so I got this. I just need a bridge and I need a word and we'll say something completely unrelated, but his mind is like two steps ahead. He's like, that's it. I got it. All right, we're good. We're moving on. And this line right here is going to make everybody look at the stage because they're going to be they're going to be in their zone with their drink and they're going to hear that and they're going to be like, wait a minute, what did he just say? Like yeah, you no, always I make sure to put that one line in there that just reaches out and grabs the audience's attention. The and I, I love that because <laughs> that is a really hard talent to master to get people's attention like that because they get so like you know like distracted and absorbed. And then when you get on stage because. I've seen you before at Chipsy Parlor. Um, like you have that ability to just, you know, just like grab them with your music and be like, over here. I, I blame it on the years of teaching. Um, literally uh, <laughs> being in front of students, like you have to be able to grab them like pretty quickly or the lesson is lost, the day is lost um, and you're just surviving at that point. So no, like, there, I mean, it was always about like grabbing them at the beginning. So songwriting process wise, I mean, I have to blame a lot of it on teaching because I was teaching songwriting to high school students. And when I was teaching it, we were just doing couplets, like, you know, basic, just write a couplet, but they would get stuck. So I'm coming up with like at least 15, <laughs> like I'm like coming up with couplets left and right all day. Let me reach in my head here, day, here, here, here. Like, and I'm just like throwing out like just lousy with couplets. Like, hey, there's a, there's huh. a, and, and it didn't even matter. But by the time I was done, I'm like, couplets are easy do you want an i like i was it, just that practice of actually forcing yourself to do it over and over and over again make a couplet like use the same meter and make the uh, make a couplet if you can't do that it's gonna be it's gonna be rough <laughs> and i i think you know that's 
for me at least that's what's so evocative about your music is that yes if if you practice anything couplets for example they they become part of your toolkit you can sort of whip them out whenever just to sort of generically fill in a situation but i would like to think for my tastes at least you tend to take it a, a, a step further than that and add significance to what what is a a mechanical way of constructing songs um one in particular so, so oh yeah go for it yeah one one Sorry. in particular that you do it's called um where were you oh yeah and it's it evolves from this sort of this place of self and it gets to this point where in uh in the song it says where were you when i looked in my enemy's eyes and saw a child and I think that's how you take these sort of these fundamentals of songwriting and you you produce wonderful turns of phrase wonderful subversions of expectation and sort of forcing that intellectual engagement from an audience it allows you to spread a political message in a way that's taken because, you know, politics are divisive, especially in the times we live in. So being able to be heard, really, is the first obstacle. Um, and, you know, related to that, uh, we, we worked on a song recently. Um, I, I had a very minor role in it. A very minor role. Um, but it's called White Man. Wait, was that, was that a music joke? <laughs> it's a very minor role. Hmm. I don't know. That might, that might be a little meta. I don't know. <laughs> too many layers. Too, too many layers. Going <laughs> all Christopher Nolan on it. Yeah. But no, but no I'd, I'd like to hear, you know, a, how, how do you make a, a song called White Man and uh, get people to, to listen to it honestly? You know, because I, I think it's a wonderful song. But I, I don't know how you do it. Okay, so this song came out of, like, so it was a direct incident. So there was a real, inc like, inciting um, moment. So I was hit up by somebody from a past relationship that was saying, like, they wanted to, like, do drugs and all this kind of dumb stuff. That was something that I did in the past. And I'm like, yo, no, wow. I, damn, I wish I was just like this white man, you know, the kind that don't give a fuck. Like, that was literally, it was just a statement. And I'm like, huh, that might be a song. <laughs> so, and, and, and as I said it, because one, it, I, I thought it, it sounds like I'm, I'm saying, like, I want to be a white man. And that's not really what I'm saying. I'm like, I want to be that kind of guy, that one that doesn't care about what's, ha I don't have to care about politics, like, like that, that kind of guy. And so I'm like, you know what, sometimes I wish I was that guy that I just didn't have to care about this stuff. Like it didn't matter to my well-being or life. And so then I was like, okay, that's not as threatening. As soon as I thought like, okay, that, that thought is not, well, it's not a threatening, threatening thought. Like, so you, oh, you really want to be able to drive that point home a little stronger. Yeah, like, so I, 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 I entirely thought, okay, that's not threatening. It actually sounds um, bad, like, for a minute. I'm like, it sounds bad. Like, for a black person to be like, oh, I wish I was white, is a, like, a, ugh. 
like ooh. but the reason i can go with it is that i'm like but i'm trying to tell a specific thing i'm talking about this like feeling of being irresponsible enough to like not care but that's all that i'm asking from people and that's all that anyone could ask from anyone is just to care and and, and, I, and that's all it is and I and I think that that ultimately that nuance of it that necessary nuance of it it, it comes through in the song and especially by the end um, but le leading up to it it's it's as you say it's more a comment just on a, a state or status yeah you know yeah, the, the, the position one occupies in life regardless of their their skin color just what they can get away with what they can't the expectations it's, put on it's them the archetype that character of this the, the the it's the description of the state of being not an actual person um and what I took is I, I I always tell people I learned this from listening to a million Ani DeFranco songs you start out universal then you bring it to the personal and then you bring it to yourself um like if you most of her songs it's just this universal idea then it's a relational idea then it's like what how this same thing deals with inside so I, I did that with that song it, it sounds so like you do it sounds like you do both too though at, at the end of uh it's damn i wish i was a real man right which and is very internal it's which is talking about my own my own struggle with the identity of man and masculinity and what does that mean in this era of really fragile masculinity like i mean so it's like what does it mean to be a real man and i'm like i wish i could find some peace in that identity that the truth found on my skin is just the place where I began. And, and most days that's good enough for me. Like, like, yeah. like, like it was literally me just talking, like, like, right. It just happened to rhyme as a couplet. When, when you, when I first heard you perform that song and you got to that line, you know, I wish I was a real man. Like that really just was like the, the, the gut punch because I could sort of like, hear in the tone of your voice the the sort of pain that was associated with it like it went from like uh, annoyed at someone who was reckless and and you know rude to like like that internal like moment where you're just like man like and and that is like probably the strongest part of the song because we all have those moments in our life where we really kind of question ourselves and when you hear someone like questioning themselves like that and you hear that like tinge of pain in there it it reminds you of of that moment of pain that you feel yourself so like you know that was just kind of like a whoa moment for me mm -hmm. thanks a lot and in addition to that you know uh I, I know you're working on the album at large, uh, but you you were slated to get some time at GCR Studios. Is that correct? From uh, the Penny yeah, Lane thing, what so what happened we with that? Was a record this that we were supposed to record this April. So it wasn't GCR. It was um, Mark's uh, Studios and Clarence. Um, but we okay. um, yeah, but we totally um, like the this pandemic kind of ran through that <laughs> so do you think they'll give you like a coupon or something or <laughs> no clue, because i mean everyone's going to be hurting financially and so like i understand and respect whatever they have to do or decide like i get it um 
is um for the uninitiated yeah, no, uh michael won a singer songwriter competition at penny lane cafe last year i'll be going yeah, for next time my good. friend <laughs> well that was weird because i mean it got canceled in the middle of this year so because yeah. they were doing it and then this all happened so but no i've been just trying to work like today i wrote a song i wrote lyrics for a song for pharaoh and i was saying earlier that i was like trying to seize the means of production in it and i'm like no let me just talk about like things that i'm really hearing like i'm really nervous like personally fearful of the amount of social darwinism in people's conversation like well you know just let it burn through the population just let them die and it's like whoa like that's some scary stuff because well-meaning reasonable people quote unquote are saying these things and then people are like well maybe i guess so and it's like yo like you know i think no discussion there can be no discussion where there where we're talking about people's lives being like run over for an economy like the economy is not for people <laughs> and is yeah, that, I mean, is that like what's starting to feel like the newer lyrics you have it is so my new my newest set of lyrics have all been very um uh, uh so my newest set of lyrics today was just rise up to love so like Ooh. people are gonna rise up and i'm like so yeah it's it's very rise upy and very like anthemic but yeah i'm definitely going in on the hey we need to talk about this and like hey these are not this is not cool this is not okay because if it no one's saying it but this is cool and this is okay let's talk about loving each other let's not talk about killing each other that's a great idea <laughs> what a novel concept <laughs> I mean, something I could definitely see, I, you know, obviously the, the music is different, but I could see comparisons to be made between, like, Pharaoh and what kind of message it brings to, like, 1969 Sly and the Family Stone with Stand. And, and the yeah, kind we're, of... We're, we're harkening back. I think there's an, in, there's an intention to harken back um to in in a way to re, to remind the boomers of who they were no but i mean seriously like i think there's a generation that like you know you, you remember what what you were about some of you have forgotten what you were about and I know that you weren't all about that I know there was another group that was totally not about that but I, but what I'm saying is like do there has been in the past that movements that have helped people so maybe we should take some pages out of those playbooks um, and so yes those nonviolent playbooks yeah and I mean that's that's really the key of it isn't it um, you know we, we do live in such a divisive time right now and i think the sorts of inequities that people experience just with the pandemic just with our political state they feel those inequities much more acutely the the pressure's up so i oops sorry go ahead so i think i think we're about about good on on time so far i think we're going to include um white man at the at the end of this video for anyone to listen to i I highly recommend we check it out um I did just want to say at the end, I think, um, you know, we couldn't get into it enough, obviously. Um, 
but your your music to me has such an important place in the social context and i think it's very appropriate for the times we live in to to keep you know sort of peaceful coming together but consciousness you know awareness well i have a strong strong opinion about the fact that pointing out the darkness and yelling at the darkness is okay for a second because we need to acknowledge that it's there but we if we don't point people towards some type of light some type of thing you can root for like yes everyone can you can mobilize people with fear of an enemy but there's so much more power in mobilizing people for something that we can work together on for good um, right because if you just mobilize on fear it's gonna run out of steam real quick you know it's it starts off with a really big amount of effort and then it'll fizzle out fast but when people have something tangible to work towards you know because usually the most important goals in our life do take us showing up on a daily basis it takes time that you got to do that grind you know and like that that really that will really move people for a much longer period of time and actually accomplish something okay, cool i just want to <laughs> i just want to codify into the annals of history our official sign off annals mm. our guest for the <laughs> our guest for today has been michael solo Farrell. i'm devin mullen I'm Mike Shamil. This, this is on the whole note sessions. sessions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take it away, Just wanted to give a shout out to um, Brothers Doing Better. It's a group, um, an activist group in Buffalo area um, of uh, black men getting together, talking about positivity um, and about social justice. So I wanted to give them a shout out. Right on. People should check them out on Facebook and online. Brothers Doing Better. Now here's an excerpt from Keep Your Cake, Eat the Rich, off the album of the same name by Mike Farrow. You can check out our artist's music at any of the major outlets. This has been produced by Music is Art.